When I was about seven years old, I made a solemn announcement to my parents. I told them that I was going to run away from home. My mother asked me where I was going, and I said I didn't know. I was just going away. And my dad said, if you don't know where you're going, you won't know how to get there. And I said, I was going to go anyway. And they said, whatever you do, don't get lost. Our farmhouse was about a fifth of a mile from the road, which we knew as the Ninth Concession. And so I took off. I walked up the lane to the gate, went through the gate, and got to the road. And then, at that point, I realized I had to make a decision. I could go up, or I could go down the road. I could go to the left, or to the right. I could go west, or I could go east. And I wasn't sure which way to go. And so I sat down, probably on a stone there, for we had lots of them, to think about this. About a half an hour later, my dad arrived on the tractor. And he said to me, would you have time to help me find one of the cows that has left the field? And I said, yes, I, I have time, sure, I'll come and help you. I don't think we ever found the cow. And afterwards, I was pretty sure that there wasn't a cow that was lost at all. In the early church, the followers of Jesus didn't refer to their faith as Christianity at first, but rather as the way, a word that was taken from the Greek word hodos, which also means the road. For them, believing in and following Jesus was not so much walking along a road, although that was a very good image, but it was about taking up a way of life, about a, a manner of living that was rooted in their memory about how the Lord had walked his way. This manner of living was expressed, we discover, in the Acts of the Apostles, in all kinds of relationships that they had with their sisters and brothers in faith. Where they lived was not so important as how they lived. And in order to support that way of living, they made sure that everyone was cared for especially those who were the most vulnerable in their midst. And we find an example in the first reading today as they appoint a few of their members to look after the widows among them. The experience of walking with the Lord was not 
a literal exercise for them. Nor is it for us. It was and is a spiritual purpose, a spiritual vision, a kind of energy that affects everything they did and everything that we do. The way of the Lord, of course, is filled with challenges and intersections, with choices and speed bumps, all of which occur in the many, in the many relationships that we have in life. When Jesus converses with Thomas and Philip and the others about knowing and seeing him, he's not talking about their knowledge or their eyesight. He's asking them a, a deeper question. Have you been with me, he asks, and not grasp that to follow me is to do what I've been doing. To do those great works, he goes on to say, and indeed you will do greater ones. To know me, Jesus offers them, is to embrace the attitudes and the teachings that I have shown to you. This, Jesus says, is what it means to see and to know. And when you have seen in this way and know in this way, then you and I are one, as the Father and I are one. We spend a great deal of time and energy in life preparing for the future, for the education of children, for providing for retirement, for arranging for possible health concerns that we might have. And this is good. This is all good. Though the end results of our efforts are never certain. But we believe that our spiritual life will ultimately find its destiny with God. And we trust the promise of God that comes to us in the risen Christ. We trust that he who is the way to the Father will not abandon us. Indeed, the promise of the Gospel is our hope. The risen Christ prepares a place for us. Between now and then, we are on this, this way, immersing ourselves in the day-to-day -day relationships that surround us, and doing that with compassion and reverence, with kindness and justice. Jesus knew where he was going, but he seemed even more interested in making sure that his friends would accompany him in that same manner and in that same way if they would imitate him. And he especially wanted them not to have any fear or anxiety. He wanted them 
to understand that the communion they shared in the life that they shared with him would continue as the same communion in an eternal presence. When I decided that I was going to leave home, I really didn't know where I was going. Such is the carefree immaturity of youth. But as people of faith, we evolve, we grow. We believe that the pathways of our life constantly intersect with the way of the Lord. And yet, we always need to hear the question that Jesus asks Philip in the Gospel. Have I been with you for so long a time, and still you do not know me? Oh yes, we need to hear that question. And when we do, we adjust our thoughts and our acts to reflect that there is that familiarity. That with the road that has its bumps and turns, our hope is not scarce, and our trust is not unfounded. A wise person once said that the problem with Christians is that they believe in too small a God. In these days, our pathways may be literally quite short. We move from room to room. But at the same time, I have a sense that we are being led into deeper ways of knowing ourselves, of seeing our sisters and brothers, and seeing God in our midst. And so my friends, in these ways and in these days, let us allow for the wideness of God's mind.